Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. This is Bewilderbeasts, an infotainment show dedicated to inspiring curiosity for all ages by investigating the ways animals intersect at humanity. I am not a historian, an ethologist, a researcher, a scientist, a zoologist, a trained audio engineer, or an expert in, well, anything. Y'all, I'm lucky if I can remember to put my clean laundry in the dryer before it gets funky. And while I make every effort to present things as accurately as I can with a fun flair, I'm going to mess up. And that's okay. I hope I've given you a nice place to jump off from on your own adventures into curiosity, or at the very least, I've given you the key to win your next round of trivia. Hello and welcome to Bewilderbeasts. I'm your host, Melissa McHugh-McGrath, and we are recording 401 miles from Oaks, Pennsylvania, home of the Philadelphia Kennel Club's National Jog Show, the one that's on TV at Thanksgiving. Bob Barker is still alive. You will learn a ton, you will laugh, and you'll be so very, very frustrated. Eh? And eyeballs fall out. Hee <laughs> hee, let's go. Hi, everyone. As promised last week, we are focusing on a different take on Thanksgiving this year. It's the National Dog Show. It's viewed all over the United States as the pies are cooling, as the kids are running amok, and as the dogs in the living room are begging to help with the turkey. Their idea of help is often not helpful. So before I dive into a longer than regular episode in preparation for Thanksgiving week, I wanted to give a heads up that the audio is very much well, different than in the past in that I have a guest on the show, Paul Chomo from last week's Fast episode. I've taken the recording studio down as I hadn't been doing my other show in a while where I have a long-distance co-host. And recording at my desk works well for Bewilderbeasts, so I did that. What I didn't realize during recording at my desk is I'm basically making out with my microphone, <laughs> which I'm doing right now. I'm sure you can picture it. When I'm talking to another person, I'm gesticulating, I'm moving, I'm talking, I'm engaging... I'm an active talker, it turns out, and as a result, the sound does sound more like a Zoom call than a regular produced episode. So now I know if I have guests again, I'll just go into the studio. The other thing I need to bring up is that I love dogs. I make my living working and playing and teaching with dogs and their people, and I'm so lucky I get to do a job that I love every single day, and I have for almost 20 years. It's pretty cool. So it might be a bit jarring to hear me be very, very, very critical of dog breeds in this episode, but I hope it's clear that I'm not making fun of the dogs. I'm very angry at what people have done to some dog breeds. Many are visible on the dog show circuit, and many of those dogs, as you will hear today, have physical issues related strictly to the breeding practices related to those dogs. And as much as groups like the AKC, the American Kennel Club, the group that parents all these dog shows like Westminster and National Dog Show, the very show you get to watch on Thanksgiving, they all say that they're for healthier breeding practices, but they are still an active participant in selecting dogs with physical deformities that do harm. They promote these unhealthy dogs on television and sell those puppies to the public. They can talk the talk, but will not walk the walk, as evidenced by what you will hear me talk about with Paul today. Some other fun facts about the NDS. Like Pokemon, 
it's common for new ones, new dogs, to be added to the ranks every year. And the names of these year's newbies weirdly also sound like Pokemon. We are introducing this year the Hungarian Moody, spelled M-U-D-I, and the Russian Toy Breed to the American Kennel Club this year, bringing the total number of dog breeds to 200. And while we have 200 recognized breeds now, that doesn't count all the doodle crosses that you might see in a local park. The first breeds recognized by the AKC in 1878 were only nine. Mostly were hunting dogs, including the Pointer, the Chesapeake Bay Retriever, the Clumber Spaniel, the Cocker Spaniel, the Sussex Spaniel, the Irish Water Spaniel, the Irish Setter, the English Setter, and the Gordon Setter. So here is part of that conversation with Paul about dog shows, food for thought while you watch the Thursday uh, dog show. And if we did this right, you will learn a ton, you will laugh, and you'll be so very, very frustrated. So, eh, happy Thanksgiving? I love you all. All right. MK2, hit it. I wanted to start this episode by saying I am so excited to be sitting here with my friend Paul from the Avast podcast. He's doing to pirates what I'm doing to animals right now, which is like pop culture and history and science and all the cool things. I'm just following the threads wherever they go. Paul, why don't you inter introduce yourself and some something cool about you. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is this is why I don't do guests. <laughs> You're doing great. Uh, yes, my name is Paul. I have a podcast called Avast. You cannot hear probably in my voice what a big gushing fanboy I am right now. I'm like like the 15-year-old kid who's like wants to ask a girl to the prom and just can't really look her in the eye. Aww. Aww. <laughs> I feel the same way. This is so oh. exciting for me. So like I am I have been looking forward to this all week. So yay. So we over the last couple of years have become friends over Twitter uh, through our podcasts and, and just have been fans of each other's work. One thing that we have been wanting to do for a really long time together is <laughs> roast a dog show together. Yeah. The problem I don't want to get sued <laughs> by having a dog show going on the screen and the two, of, the two of us getting in trouble. Also, I get, as you might see through this presentation, really angry <laughs> at certain things that happen. So I thought instead I would ease in with a slide presentation with some stuff about dog shows and then tie in some other fun things. Paul does this pirate podcast and there is actually a dog that ties into pirate history that I would like to introduce him to. And then have a couple of other fun things there at the end. Resources will be, as always, in the links, the description um, of the episode. And I guess we should just get going. Do you have any any thoughts or, or things that you want to get off your chest before we get into playing with dogs? No, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to learn a lot of things that I have never known about dogs before in my, in my 74 years of life. <laughs> Let's do this thing. I'm so excited. Okay. By the, so, by the way, I'm not 74 years old. I didn't think you were. I was going to say you look great, but I wasn't sure if that was your joke. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get started up here, if you're watching on the Patreon feed, you'll actually get to see the slideshow. I think we will be describing a lot of what is on the screen. So that way it'll still work for an audio audience. We'll find out if it works or not. But I wanted to first start by saying I, because all good podcasts start with a great disclaimer. 
I am the vice president and uh, co-training director of the New England Dog Training Club. It is the oldest AKC obedience club in the country. It is important to, to note right from the jump that obedience is not confirmation. Confirmation is what we're going to be talking about today. The beauty show, the pageant with the dogs walking around in the big circle and somebody touching them and saying, this is a good dog. What I do with obedience is, um, well, I don't do competition obedience, but I work with competition obedience trainers who will like throw a dumbbell and then the dog has to go find the right one that has the scent and lots of healing, lots of walking in, in bigger circles. Any dog can do obedience, but purebred dogs only can do confirmation. Additionally, confirmation, the dog has to be, has to be intact, which means they are not spayed or neutered. Bob Barker, <laughs> dated reference, would not be pleased. <laughs> He's still alive, isn't he? Oh God, no, he died. Did he? Yes, he died like a long time ago. Um, remember Happy Gilmore where he's like, Yes. Yeah, the <laughs> price is wrong. Um, so so after he died, there were uh, there was a lot of that um image going around. Oh. Um, yeah, so rest in peace, Bob Barker zombie from like 20 years ago. Um <laughs> he hasn't been gone that long. It's been a while. Um, oh, what's his name? A comedian from Cleveland, big glasses, used to do whose line is it anyway? Oh, anyway, Drew Carey. yes, Drew Carey. Carey. He's been doing uh, Prices Right for I want to say at least eight years. I got good news for you. Yeah, Bob Barker is ninety-eight years old. Wait, what? He's alive. Bob Barker, he's alive. He's ninety-eight years old. He'll be he just retired. No, well, I don't know. That's what that's what Google says. Oh my God! I'm so sorry, Bob Barker. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he's been dead. Um, I thought they buried him in that big wheel. <laughs> okay, um, moving right along. <laughs> so these two dogs, my dog Captain and your dog. Uh, <laughs> sure, she. Uh, um, her name's Misha. We got her uh, from the Humane Society. She's a rescue. And she's the goodest girl. Her name means black, or no, wait, black, either black or knight. Think knight in Sanskrit because she's all black and we didn't want to give her a name like Shadow or Midnight. Right. My daughter came up with uh, Nisha and uh, her full name is Nisha Ellen McCheese. <laughs> she is about five years old. Funny, I'm also Googling. It says that uh, Nisha also means Barb Barker lives in Gaelic. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when we're talking about, about these beauty pageants, as it were, like these confirmation events, there are different organizing groups. There's the AKC, which is the one that I technically work for. There's the UKC, which is also based in America, and KC, which is the United Kingdom Kennel Club. I'm only going to speak to the mission of the AKC because that's the one that I am particularly uh, affiliated with, <laughs> and it would go really long if I went to everybody else's mission statement. But the mission of the AKC education is to provide dog fanciers, dog owners, and the general public quality education about purebred dogs, the sport of purebred dogs, whatever that means, and ongoing importance of the relationships between people and canines. And they specifically say on their website, Quote, breed to improve. Can I ask a question? Yes, you can. What's the difference between a dog fancier and a dog owner? I I think, and I'm 
I'm probably going to get a lot of email for this. My understanding as a dog fancier is somebody who like is into breeding is into a breed. Oh. Whereas like you and I are just like plebes, dog owners, and then general public are people who don't have dogs. That okay. would be my guess. Um, but I, I could be completely wrong. They need to educate about what that is. <laughs> in their mission statement. Um, I, I do fancy a dog. I fancy all the dogs. Yes. Breed to improve. I think that is is going to be a thing that is going to be said many times throughout today's It's a little problematic, isn't it? Oh, little. Yep. <laughs> yep. Okay. So the problem. Um, so again, breeding to improve. This is on the American Kennel Club website. It's a picture of what appears to be a Lhasa Apso. Um, and... This was when I Googled in, or I, I used their search function. Um, does the AKC approve line breeding? Paul, do you know what line breeding is? No idea. Think of the British royalty. <laughs> <laughs> the family tree doesn't fork very much. It's a, it's a stump. It Pretty much, in order to get a breed. So if you're looking at something like, like an Irish setter, in order to get that red coat and that particular look of an Irish setter that is exactly as tall as this book says the dog has to be, you have to breed genetic likeness to genetic likeness. And at some point, the pool gets really small. Um, and so then you can only breed back and forth. And at some point with some of these dogs, they are always breeding with a relative in some way. Oh, yikes. Right? So um, this is a... You see this highlighted bit. I'm going to have you read, if you can, the blue <laughs> highlighted, which Perfect. is on the AKC website about line breeding. We're already going into Game of Thrones territory. Uh, a little, little Targaryen-y. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it says, you didn't want your lowlife cousin to come to the party, but he came uninvited with your sister. Dog breeding can be like that. Some relatives can't be avoided. Genotype, the genetic makeup of a dog, involves the extended family. So I, I will say that AKC frowns upon and outright says you cannot breed daughter back to a parent mm -hmm. or son back to a parent. Grandparent is fine. <laughs> breed to improve. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh. I will never, ever, ever, it, it, for the rest of my days, forget. I was at a, a, a function with a bunch of other dog trainers. There was... Um, a, a super um, famous person in our industry at this event and we were all getting to meet her. And I had made some comment about line breeding in, in the AKC at this um, AKC club dinner. And most of us are in just obedience and, and don't do confirmation. But a couple of people do, including the one woman who got really mad at me when I made jokes about line breeding by the end of the night, she she really did blow up at me. And it was really like, I thought she was kidding. And so I laughed at her. And then I realized, oh my God, she's serious. I am I need to recalculate, <laughs> recalculating, recalculating. <laughs> and by the end of the night, we had to have a sit down conversation because we are on the same staff. And we <laughs> we came to an agreement that breeding back to parents is wrong. That was the only meeting ground that we could come to 
in regards to line breeding. <laughs> like, so it it is a hot topic. And if there are people who are listening, who are what I assume are dog fanciers who encourage what they would call responsible line breeding, don't think I will really ever be able to agree with that. I have seen the Habsburg jaw. <laughs> I don't think that's something that is okay. There you go. I will field emails. <laughs> to me, it's a little bit interesting and maybe we're jumping ahead a little bit, but yeah. to see like the way humans manipulate genetics in flowers and vegetables mm -hmm. and also like in animals and selecting for traits that they want and, you know, and traits that they don't want in these, in these, you know, dogs. And, and then you wind up with weird little dogs with mushed faces. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. We're, we will get to it. I, I suspect I know the answer to this. Have you seen this mockumentary best in show? It's one of my favorite things ever. I love uh, Best in Show It's so the much. best. It is my favorite movie. I can't wait to show Ace. But I will say, as somebody who has worked professionally with dogs, I this is a documentary. This is real. <laughs> Christopher Guest might have been trying to make a mockumentary, but overshot and basically made my real life. I have had clients who look and act exactly like the busy bee people, <laughs> but like they really encapsulate the different kinds of people that you will see if you are in any kind of, any kind of professional breeding sport. But this show, hands down my favorite, but I want you to remember how happy this movie makes you. Because I'm about to ruin some dogs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay, Paul, what kind of dogs are these? Well, if the slide is to be believed, they are either bulldogs or French bulldogs. Yeah, when you see one of these guys, and I, and I think you know where I might be going with this, but I want you to give me your initial reaction when you see these mushy little faces. Cute-ish. <laughs> <laughs> so i i know everything that is wrong with these dogs and i'm still like oh my god give me your face they're they're wrinkly they're they've got these short pushed in faces although like i did intentionally pick two of the cuter ones because there are ones that are so hyper bred that they are i mean even this is deformity but and we will get to it but the bulldog this is my favorite fact. I will, uh, it, it is a bug, not a feature of the bulldog and the French bulldog. Did you know that they cannot produce live offspring without human intervention? <laughs> no, I did not. They are, um, they are completely man-made at this point. On their own devices, they cannot naturally mate because tab A does not fit to slot B. They can't do it. And... When they do get a successful insemination by human the intervention, yes, with the old turkey baster, um, they um, they have to be born. More than ninety percent of them have to be born via cesarean section because their heads we have bred them to be too large to pass through the vaginal canal. So these dogs, yeah. <laughs> it gets worse. The, the audio. The audio-only people cannot see me just dying on video right now. <laughs> he grabbed his head with both hands and just 
passed out of frame. It's <laughs> insane. Yeah, they cannot exist at all without human intervention on the front end and the back. <laughs> um, they <laughs> and we did this to them. Right. And within, I believe I read within three generations, we could fix it. So those breed to improve words that they're saying on their website has created a breed that cannot exist without human intervention on both ends of the, of the birthing process. They are cute, but those wrinkles on the bulldog are sites of infection, skin infection, things like that. Their noses are so far pushed back. And I'm going to show you here a, a screen in a second that will actually show you a skull from like a hundred years ago compared to now and the deformity that we have bred into them. They yeah. can't breathe. They can't see. Oh. Um, they're so square and stocky because the breed standard by the AKC says that they need to be basically square and short and stocky. Great. But when you don't have specific degrees mentioned, what a judge who is not a veterinarian will see in this confirmation ring during Westminster and Crufts and any dog show that you're watching, they're looking for the most hyper exaggerated version of that and say, that's the one that is to breed standard. That is an exemplary thing. So with each generation, we are hyperbreeding for traits that are actually harmful to these dogs. The traits just get more and more like pronounced and weirder and like yes, Michael Jackson looking, you know. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent that. Um, it it it's almost like body dysmorphia, but like uh the Munchausen's version of that. Like oh. we people have body dysmorphia for these dogs, and we just keep hyper exaggerating traits through each generation. That is so messed up. Yep. Wow. Eugenics bad. Um, so <laughs> this is my... <laughs> oh, boy. Paul, I'm so sorry. Okay. I, this is just a quick clip. And the title of the, the YouTube video is Pekingese Wins Top Prize at America's Dog Show. So this was from several years ago. I'm going to have you tell me what you think of every dog that goes through. I think there are seven. Okay. And they're very quick. Like, they're only like a second or two. And then I'm going to go through and tell you what I think. So do you want me to just to describe the dog or just? Um, just like your initial thing. Like, oh boy, an Irish setter. Like, uh, hey, he, he looks beautiful. Or, or okay. look at that trout or whatever. Or like the okay. first thing that comes to your mind when you see each dog. All right. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. Are you ready? Oh, it's the Telegraph, not the Times. Right now, you need to be that having is. your divine moment. German oh, Shepherd. German Shepherd, yep. With a crop tail and pretty ears. That is an Irish setter. Yeah. Chloe, red coat. pretty happy. Dalmatian, of course. Uh huh. Lots everybody knows where Dalmatian is. Beautiful dog. That is a. This is a Kerry Blue Terrier. They're a big black. Yep, it's a Kerry Blue Terrier. Get a beard. Okay, that's a dachshund. Uh huh. Sausage dog. A little little goatee thing going on. Yeah, he's got like a little beard. And there's that can't be okay. This is a little Pekingese. All right, that is a that is a walking dust mop. <laughs> so instead of playing it again, 
it is a walking dust mop. Um, this is actually what I, um, I will actually show you this here in a second. Um, instead of playing that video again, because I don't think the audio is going to sound great. The first dog that came through is the German Shepherd. And that is the reason I am no longer allowed to watch the dog show on Thanksgiving with my in-laws. <laughs> like, no. Because the breed standard says that we we aim for a slightly sloping back. And that, that helps the dog with its job of herding and protecting. The American German Shepherd is so poorly bred with a spine that slopes so much they can't walk. Their hips don't fit in their socket. Many of them have hip dysplasia and their knees knock. And that dog had knocking knees. And I am not a vet, but if Sip were here, she would be crying at that dog. Oh. And that dog won best of breed and was able to go to best in show, like for those top seven dogs. There's one from each group that is selected. And those are the ones that compete for the best in show prize and for then, that year. And then those dogs are like, sought after right so that that's the stud okay yeah that's the good looking dog that like has a one <laughs> ow my back i'm sorry i can't tonight my back hurts like it's <laughs> that poor dog um and then we saw i think the next one was a doberman why we still crop their ears is like <laughs> they are beautiful with floppy ears if you've never seen a floppy ear doberman you are missing out they're the cutest things on the on the planet Oh, yeah. Those pointy ears, we cut them at birth and then we prop them up with basically popsicle sticks and medical tape to make them look stick up and spiky. It is now illegal to crop tails and ears in the UK. It Good. is not illegal in the United States. So if you're in the UK and you want one of these dogs, this is not an advertisement to buy American bred Dobermans. Good God, please don't. It, but that's how they can get them in. They can buy them from out of country, but they can no longer breed in country. The third one, I think, was the, the Dalmatian. 30% of them are blind because what? breeding for those spots specifically, um, and they had such a small gene pool to create the Dalmatian and to keep the breed alive, that they are so inbred that 30% of them are blind. Oh, my gosh. The like, next, yeah? Like lights out, totally like, blind? Like, uh, they have degenerative disorders in their eyes that eventually lead to blindness. Oh, man. That Some is... of them are born blind. But wow. Yeah. And then the Kerry Blue Terrier. That's actually a pretty healthy dog. The Dachshund, <laughs> if you start to look at the Dachshund over the years, it gets longer and longer. So their knees, their hips, their back. I mean, same. But like, <laughs> but like, but they come out of the womb like that. That's a problem. I remember seeing dachshunds even when I was a little kid and thinking that doesn't look that doesn't look right that doesn't look like the way things are supposed to be. Do you know why they why they look like that though and what they were bred for? I'm going to guess that they were bred for hunting rats or squirrels or something like that and getting so close. Holes. So close. Yes, it does have to do with holes. So the dachshund is a German breed. Um, the long back and short stubby legs actually served a purpose way back when, when they would dive into badger holes, grab a badger by the face, and pull it out of the hole. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they are tenacious. They are, well, historically, they are tenacious. They are fearless. They are awesome surviving little dogs. Over time, though, when you put them in dog shows, you start breeding for a longer back and uh, shorter legs, and then they can't do the job that they were bred to do. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Over time, their little legs get stubbier, and their backs get longer, and then they're just little... Yeah. They're cute little mutants. 
Yeah, the cute little mutants. That's the title of today's episode. So, <laughs> so here's an example. So that one on the right. So the Pekingese is is really what I wanted to bring your attention to today. Um, the Pekingese a hundred years ago. How would you describe the one on the left? This is from 1929, so about a hundred years ago. So the one on the left actually looks like a dog, a designer dog that you would see today with the like the mushed in face. Um, I thought you were going to say it looks like a dog. <laughs> it looks like a dog, but it's got, like, it's got the, like the flat face, you know? Mm -hmm. And it looks like it's, it already looks like somebody was like messing with the genetics. I can't imagine like that that evolved from a wolf or something, you know? Right. Do you, do you remember those commercials, the Blue Buffalo one? I think they were Blue Buffalo, where they're like, inside every dog is the heart of a wolf. <laughs> yeah. And they would they would have these like hunting dogs jumping over logs and like, going through a big, tough stream with, like, a current. And then you feed the dog the food or whatever, and then it's got the wolf going, howl, or whatever on the side. And it's supposed to, like, evoke this thing. I always wanted them to do that inside of your dog is the heart of a wolf and have a derpy pug walking into, like, a glass door. It's <laughs> like, what? Like, <laughs> heart of a wolf. <laughs> All right, so the dog on the left, kind of looks like a toy breed mixed breed dog that you would see today it's got a little bit of a muzzle um although it does look like it was kind of bred to look a certain way the tail kind of comes over the back its ears are up it has a neck <laughs> like, it you, has it has knees <laughs> like, you can look at that and identify it as a dog no explain to me paul what is on the right <laughs> a dog a hundred years later the same breed okay um <laughs> I can't wait for this. Do you remember the Star Trek episode, The Trouble with Tribbles? Yes. <laughs> Was that seriously your next slide? I had no idea. <laughs> wow. I cannot believe that was your next slide. That was the next <laughs> like, slide. You know the little, you know the, uh, the gif or the gif of like the little girl like tossing her hair back? Yeah. That's what that dog looks like. Kind of, yeah. I think he looks like a fuzzy ottoman with eyes, like googly eyes put on. He has no neck. You can't see his legs at all. There's the dog on the left. You can see that the there's a back and then a neck and then a head. Like there are three distinct pieces. Here it's just a fuzzy loaf of bread with whites of the eye. That's all you can see. So, okay, just to just to a little a little, you know, tangent. Mm -hmm. Dog on the right has to go potty. And dog on the right, actually, and this is really sad, again, breed to improve. Dog on the right is in an air-conditioned arena. If you remember that video I played, all of the dogs were running with their owner, except for this one. The owner, the, the handler. So you usually have an owner, the breeder, and the handler. Sometimes the same person does two or three of the jobs, but usually there are three different people. The handler is the person who's paid to show the dog off as best as they can in the ring. Many of them are choking the dog, so they have to walk with their legs out, as opposed to, like, the Irish setter, at least, that handler gave that dog leash, so the dog's like, hey, I'm having a good time. All the other dogs are like, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. This one, it doesn't matter how slow this guy walks, this dog cannot breathe. In an <laughs> air-conditioned arena, this dog needed to sit on an ice pack to cool down after he won best in show. This was the winner. 
what did you call it? Happy little mutant? <laughs> He's not even happy. This no. dog can't breathe. As Paul discovered, uh, my next slide, it's Captain Kirk with the Trouble with Tribbles episode, which is exactly what that that Pekingese from 2021 evokes. Um, did you know that he has a holiday album? Uh, William Shatner? Yeah. I did not know that, but it's not surprising. <laughs> You're Probably welcome. Your like... holidays were just made. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Lord. King Charles, Spaniel. And you can see it. Okay, so what did you, oh, good Lord. I, I Not everybody can see the slide. I, it just, it looks like if you asked an AI generator to draw a, a pug that looked like Gene Simmons, <laughs> that's what's on the right. Is what's on the left what it's supposed to look like? <laughs> oh my God. The dog on the left was from about, um, I want to say that was 1840, a drawing of the dog in 1840 versus today. Yeah. So the dog on the left looks like when you would get a magazine and it would give you like pictures in the back and you, it would say, you know, like draw this picture and mail the picture in. And right. Art lessons. That's what the dog on the left looks like. The dog on the right looks like just an abomination. Yeah. It looks like it ran face first into a brick wall yeah. and just realized it did that. There's no muzzle. There's there's no oh. muzzle. And the problem with not having a muzzle, aside from the obvious, it has no face. That would be like what like you said before with Michael Jackson, like no nose, that's a problem. With this dog, we bred this dog to have a shorter and shorter muzzle and also bigger eyes. Like it's kind of hard to tell with this particular picture. But when we're breeding for certain smaller toy breed dogs, we are breeding for uh, what appears to be bigger eyes. When you're looking at a bulldog, a French bulldog, a toy spaniel, a King Charles spaniel, um, we're not breeding for bigger eyes that humans look at and go, oh my God, it's so cute. I must take care of you. We're actually breeding for a shallower eye socket. And <laughs> we're, we're breeding dogs to look like a roadie for Aerosmith. <laughs> Oh my God. And when you have these brachycephalic dogs, the brachycephalic is, is, are, are the pushed in face dogs. When you start to hyper exaggerate that and they have no muzzle like this, they can't cool off. That was the problem with the Pekingese. The, they oh. can't sweat. So the more muzzle they have, the more air that can get in to cool them off through the, through their mouth. When oh. they have, when they don't have that, they can't cool off and they overheat. So that's a problem here. And the other problem is with the shallower eye sockets, their eyes sometimes just fall out. <laughs> fall out? Like literally fall out? Yes. Oh my God. Boing. So <laughs> I'm, I, I oh, would like, no. I'm, I'm breed to improve. <laughs> God. I feel so bad laughing at this dog. But, oh my God. <laughs> that's all I can do because I would be crying otherwise, which is usually what I'm doing. At Thanksgiving, which is why they won't let me have the remote. So, right. And and here are the skulls that I was talking about before. This is a hundred year difference. So you can see here on the left, the skull has like an eye socket. Um, and then it's got a little bit of a muzzle. Even then, it's still pretty shallow. The dog has a little bit of an underbite, but you can fit all of its teeth. When you look on the right, it looks almost like a human skull with like this really janky jaw. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's so flat that it's almost human. Um, and and that's not surprising because humans made this happen. So 
Yeah. So, and, and if you were to look at um, any dog breed between um, 1840 and today, you can actually Google, like, compare skulls of these two dogs in these two years, and you can pull up really cool images. Um, and I would implore people to do it because it is really fascinating to see what we've done. As wow. a result, with the uh, Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, the last one you saw was the King Charles Spaniel. I don't know the difference. There is apparently one. I don't know. One is more cavalier, I guess. Um, but the one, but the one on the um, with the cavalier King Charles, we have bred their faces to be mushed in just like this, and their skull to be so small their brains don't fit anymore. So they are really at higher risk of neurological problems um, oh. and neurological pain. That is awful. So how are you doing, Paul? <laughs> I put up a picture of his dog Aww. just so he could have a breather. <laughs> my good girl, my normal-looking dog. Best. Look at the normal dog. Look at that Gosh. beautiful dog. Her, her muzzle is all there. It's completely there. Bob Barker would yeah. love your dog. Her eyes aren't falling out. <laughs> her whole brain fits. Her whole brain fits. Always bonus little features that you like to you like to see in a dog. Eyes pop out, Paul. That's uh, that's just insane. Boing. To go back to the cropped ears thing. Yeah. I heard that the cropped ears started as like what people did when they would when they would use their dogs to fight other dogs. Often, um, not just other dogs, but um, when they would be um, what hunting. Hunting is one. Guarding, protection, things like that. Even against other people, things like that. It, for the but a lot of it did come from fighting dog <clears throat> fighting um so they would crop the ears so that way the other dog didn't have anything to grab onto so you'll see that um with unfortunately um backyard what's called pitbull fighting you'll see that their ears are sometimes just shaved almost off yeah and that their their ears are very very tiny um and <clears throat> and that really messes with the dog obviously and, and it also is aesthetic. Like, a lot of people still do it today because of the aesthetics of it, that they want the dog to either look to breed standard, which the AKC could fix. Hi, please fix it. Because these dogs aren't being used for fighting anymore, maybe change the standard. It's easy to do. Or people just like, hey, this is tradition. I want my dog to look traditional. So you'll either have it for aesthetic reasons or for tradition reasons. And then they're like, oh, well, you know, for back in the day when these dogs used to do X, Y, Z, it's like, well, they're not doing that anymore. That's also another excuse for um, docking tails in a lot of the spaniel breeds. You'll see like their tails are, some of them are born with naturally shorter tails. But ones that are born with longer tails, they will dock or cut off at the bone. It's an amputation. People say it doesn't hurt. It does. It's an amputation. Even if it's done the second the puppy is born, it still hurts. And and when we used to do dog sledding, so I grew up in a sled dog family. We had 10 dogs. And we had a couple of accidental litters because leashes break and boy dogs like girl dogs. <laughs> so when we would have those litters, my dad, because our dogs were working dogs, they were not show dogs, they would actually pull people on trails. When we would get the husky puppies, my dad would amputate their dew claw. Do you know what a dew claw is? It's like if... It's like that little toe that like comes off of what our would be our wrist. It kind of looks like. It's yeah. Like so oh. 
a lot of dogs, we actually breed that out, which is great. For the ones that they're not bred out, they will either occur naturally and they're amputated or um, you keep them and that's fine. Ooh. Yeah, Nisha has those. I think it's just like a little, it's just like a little um, toe pad there. Yeah, it's a vestigial thing that doesn't really help them very much. What happens though is that they can get stuck in things. And if you're running your dog 10 miles by dog sled and that gets caught on a rock or in something and rips out, that's a problem. So we would amputate that when the puppies were like two or three days old. And even then, that was really painful for them, but it was less painful than dealing with a bleeding vein when you're miles from medical help. (laughs) So that made sense because these were working dogs. When you're dealing with docking tails and amputating a bone, that actually changes the way that the dog moves. Really, like the 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 idea that this is for function is really bunk with most of the dogs that we're using today. We have two distinct lines of dogs for the most part, show bred and sport bred. So the ones that are actually working dogs and they functionally look different and they behave differently because they're being used for two different things. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to make it a little bit, hopefully lighten the mood a bit. This is a dog breed. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I want you to give it your best bet. I'm going to spell it first. Okay. X-O-L-O-I-T-Z-C-U-I-N-T-L-I. Okay. I have to be careful because I don't know how much of a family show this is. And there's some... I I have a parrot that can bleep anything out. (laughs) There's some letters in very close proximity to one another. I want to be careful. Um... Uh, give it your best shot. Oh, um, <laughs> Z- Zolowitz Quintley. How about that? <laughs> nice save at the end. It actually Quintley. wasn't that far off. Cholo eats Quintley. Um, it this is the Mexican hairless dog. Oh, god, yeah, he's got a little mohawk. That one on the left, I do not want to meet it in an alley. <laughs> it oh. looks like a panther. Oh my goodness. It and looks it looks like a hairless panther. Um yellow eyes. Yeah. This dog is really cool. Um, this is the dog from the Pixar film Coco. Okay. Um, and, and so that's where most people have seen it. Um, so what do you think of this dog? Like when you first saw it, you had a reaction. Yeah. <laughs> What was your thought? Well, there's two different dogs here. So <laughs> the, the dog on the left uh, looks like Satan. <laughs> it does look like something from a Stephen King it, it looks book, evil. doesn't it? And the dog on the right looks like this kid that I went to high school with. <laughs> who was 19, but he was a sophomore. And somehow he was able to get a tattoo Oh, exactly like Rich. He's got this cute little mohawk. And then the dog on the on the left is very intense, but it is the same dog. I did kind of set you up to fail. Yeah, the ears for days on both of these dogs. They're really cool. They were uh, like upright ears. Yeah. Um, They're almost like bat ears. They're huge. They're really sweet dogs. I've met a couple. Uh, not many, because in Boston and in Maine, uh, you might imagine they might not do well. <laughs> yeah. um, but they have no hair. And again, we bred for that. We we eventually bred for that. But in places like Mexico and Ecuador, where 
you know, you notice that they have darker skin. And so they're less prone for burning. Although you do still have to take care in the sun that you do have to take care of that skin. It, it's a lot more labor intensive, but I mean, they're going to be a lot cooler <laughs> than say like a husky in Mexico. I did set you up to fail with the entire name of the dog, the Sholo Itzquiently. All of those letters, most people just say Sholo, like you're a <laughs> kind of like a, a slurring surfer, <laughs> like Sholo, man. But that's the Sholo. And that is my presentation for you today, Paul. <laughs> Did they breed for those yellow eyes? Or is, they, was that like um, Photoshop? That that was real. Um, they, they do have yellow as one of their um, breed standards for eye color. That's crazy. Yeah, they're really cool. They're really unique dogs. There are some really funky dogs out there. Um, I, I think the long and the short of it, though, is... When humans get involved, we tend to get extra. And when we're trying to one-up each other, all we're really hurting is everyone else around us. And in this case, it's the dogs. Um, so I hate adopt, don't shop, but that really is like, hey, maybe get a rescue dog. <laughs> like, um, and they have their own problems too. So if you want me to ruin rescue dogs for you someday, I can do that. But, um, <laughs> but for the most part, as far as genetics and health are concerned, I caution people to be very careful. And when they say, I have a good breeder, I I wouldn't just look at AKC paperwork as a definition of a good breeder because it's not. Um, it might be part of it, but it is certainly not the only thing people should be looking for. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. So, I learned doing, a lot Paul? tonight. <laughs> good. I learned quite a lot tonight. Really cool. And that's the last time Paul's going to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. But yeah, so like what of all of the things I talked about tonight, what sticks out for you today? Oh man, I just, I mean, I knew that breeding these dogs was causing like really bad physical problems in the dogs. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't realize to what extent. Yeah. But, you know, and, and like how it just, this um, idea of line Line breeding, is that what you call Line it? Line breeding, yeah. Uh, it just compounds those problems and just makes them worse and worse and worse. It's That was actually really disturbing. Like, I knew that there was, like, when you see a pug and it's, like, you know, walking around and it can barely move and it's snorting and stuff. And it's yeah. like, well, it's not normal, but... It's not normal, and a lot of people think it's cute. That dog can't breathe. Yeah. Um, and... and <laughs> thing about pugs um <laughs> i got one more for the road so the tail if you notice in a pug that its tail is often curved yeah some breeders are trying to breed for what's called a double curl in the tail to like oh let's just see if we can make it go a little extra and when you do that you're actually breeding for a deformity in the spine that like really jacks up their spine so like you're you're deforming their spine in order to get a double curl in the tail which can lead to all sorts of problems, as you can imagine, and also ties into neurological issues with these dogs. It's it's crazy. <laughs> sorry, I know too oh, much. No, don't be sorry. It's amazing. Like it's 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 awful and sad, but it's, at the same time, it's really interesting, and it just kind of like makes you really appreciate your rescue dog. So we we yeah, you can rescue. You can ruin rescue dogs for me another time. I will ruin them another time, but not tonight. Because <laughs> not go hug Nisha. She's perfect. I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to go give Captain a cookie. 
So uh, I guess we should just say stay curious and uh, or go walk the plank. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Okay, so before we end, the National Dog Show is under the AKC umbrella and over 1 million dogs are registered with the AKC every single year. 1 million dogs. That's like 4 million legs. After everything that you just heard today on this episode with Paul, keep that in mind on the National Dog Show's website. This is what they say on the main page. The AKC's Canine Health Foundation is the world's largest founder of exclusively canine research with a stated mission to develop significant resources for basic and applied health programs for emphasis on canine genetics to improve the quality of life for dogs and their owners. End quote. I think they can do better by having third-party veterinarians not in the pocket of the AKC be judges in these shows and maybe allow for outbreeding programs to broaden the genetic pool to help with these genetic issues that are rampant in nearly every single purebred dog breed. Dog lifespans are getting shorter, not longer. So while they have a mission to help dogs with research and basic applied health, the answer is actually quite simple for immediate changes. And we know it's true because the Kennel Club in the United Kingdom has done things to create healthier dogs. They have banned the painful amputation of ears and tails. Hooray! They are selecting for longer muzzles in brachycephalic pushed-in dog face breeds. Yay! And some dog breeds have bounced back in these lines to look more healthy. As in, they could maybe even potentially exist naturally, unlike the American-bred French Bulldog, as discussed earlier in this episode. And it didn't even take long. Within three generations, we could fix many of the issues I brought up in today's episode. That's only a couple of years to dogs. Not too bad. We can fix this. And I am less interested in the AKC saying that they want to fix it and not really doing anything about it. Selecting dogs who are so deformed they can't walk, can't breathe, can't even be born without human assistance. I'm more interested in selecting healthier dogs who live longer lives with the people who love them than what on the surface appears to be, do as I say, not as I do. And with one million dogs being registered every year, change cannot come soon enough for many of these breeds. So go eat some pie, feel better, give your dog a belly rub, and I'll see you in two weeks. I'm going to replay the Thanksgiving episode five deer next Monday, as I will still be digesting all the pie and playing with my own dog and working on a Patreon episode that will be in the feed for Patreon people next week. All right. Past Melissa, take us out. So that was it. That was our conversation. Thank you so much for listening and supporting this show. Um, if you like what you heard, you know what to do. Go on Twitter, tell a friend. Um, tell a teacher or tell somebody um, and go give some love to Paul over on Avast give me love too because I love the attention and um, let's see intro and outro music is Tiptoe Out the Back by Dan Lebowitz interstitial music by MK2 I'm trying to do this by memory because I'm on my way to work um, sound effects by Pixabay and freesound.org and actually I don't think there are any sound effects anyway but I'm just going to keep them in there and if there's anything else that you need just let me know and um, yeah see you guys next time stay curious
eyes pop out, Paul. That's uh, that's just insane. Boing. You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at podfix on Twitter, official underscore podfix on Instagram, at Podfix Network on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.